Well, hey, good evening, everyone. Thanks so much for being here. It's, uh, it's great to see you. Why don't we all stand? I'll pray for us before we get started, and uh, we'll jump in. Now, Lord, we thank you so much just for an opportunity to gather together, Lord, uh, to press into your presence. Lord, we just pray for a sweet time of worship, of prayer. God, I just pray that you would speak to us tonight. Our hearts are open. Uh, we're ready to receive from you. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.
guys continue to play, um, I just want to encourage you, tonight, we're, we call, we're calling tonight uh, Return. 
In a couple days from now, uh, there's going to be an event in Washington, D.C. called The Return. And, there, and there's going to be Christians from all over the nation showing up in, in Washington to pray. And so tonight, we, we want to participate in that because we believe that God's doing something. And, and we, we've kind of titled tonight, Return. And uh, I think about return for a second in my own life. That word return is, uh, is kind of a, a, a term of endearment. When, you, when you're away from your home and you return home, such a good feeling of coming back into your house, sleeping in your bed, enjoying home. Well, tonight, I, I want to take us to a section of Scripture for a second. It's the moment where Nehemiah finds, asks uh, some of his comrades, some of his, his fellow, the brethren from, from Judah, and he, and he says, hey, hey, have you heard about uh, what's happening in Jerusalem? And, and the brethren had told him, he, his friends, these, these men said, man, Jerusalem is in distress. The walls are broken down. The gates have been burned with fire. The people are in turmoil. And then Nehemiah, in, in chapter 1, verse 4, he says, and so it says, when he, he heard these words, he sat down and he, he wept. He wept. And he mourned for many days over the state of Jerusalem, over the state of, of the condition of, of his people. And then it says, he was fasting and he was praying before the Lord of heaven. And that's what I want to call us tonight. I want to call us to return and, and, to, and to allow our hearts to be broken over the, the condition of our nation. The condition of our city. The condition of of what's happened, what's happening right now in, in all across the United States. From protests to anger to, to all these, this, this really hard emotional stuff. And then God says, return to me. He says, repent, come back. So Nehemiah is brokenhearted. He's weeping and, and he's, he's mourning over, over the condition of, of, of his nation, of his people. And he prays this prayer. And I want you to hear this prayer. It says in verse 5, And I said, I pray the Lord God of heaven, O great and awesome God, you who keep your covenant and mercy with those who love you and observe your commandments, please let your ear be attentive. O Lord, hear our prayer. Hear my prayer tonight. And your eyes open. 
that you may hear the prayer of your servant, which I pray before you now, day and night, for the children of Israel, your servants, and confess the sins of the children of Israel, which have sinned against you. Both my father's house and I have sinned. He includes himself in there. We have acted very corruptly against you and have not kept the commandments and the statutes nor the ordinances which you commanded your servant Moses. Remember, I pray, the, the word that you commanded your servant Moses, saying, if you are unfaithful, I will scatter you among the nations. But if you return to me, return to me and keep my commandments and do them, Though some of you were, scat- were, were cast out to the farthest parts of the heavens, yet I will gather them up fr- from there, bring them to the place which I have chosen as a dwelling for my name. Now these are, now these are your servants and your people whom you have redeemed by, the great, by your great power and by your great strong and your mighty hand. O oh Lord, I pray, please let your ear be tentative to the prayer of your servant and to the prayer of your servants who desire to fear your name and let servant and let your servant prosper this day i pray and grant my mercy grant him mercy in the sight of this man this is the prayer of nehemiah and tonight i want to go there as well I want to identify with Nehemiah right here for this moment. And I want to call us to a place of praying a similar prayer tonight together. As we we repent as, as a church. As we look to Jesus to restore and to return us back and to to repent for, for the sin of our nation. And call us to go there as as we weep over the sin that we see. So if you would, bow your heads with me as we pray. And and just participate in in this process. Oh Lord, we we ask for your, your hand of forgiveness, Lord to rest upon your church. Lord, forgive us for our complacency as a church where we have fallen asleep, Lord, in so many ways. Lord, wake us up to your truth. Wake us up to what you are doing. Lord, wake us up to what your spirit is doing. And Lord, help us to walk in it. Lord, I pray that you would forgive us, Lord, for our idolatry. Lord, where we have put things in place of you, where we have allowed things to be more important than you, Lord, may you cause our hearts to return to you as a church tonight. May our hearts be broken over the things that break your heart, Lord. May we be grieved over the sin that we see that you see. And may we be moved to action 
in our own lives. Lord, we pray for our nation, Lord. We have walked so far from you. As a country, we have made things much more important than you. Lord, may you flip that upside down. May you move in our nation as we fall on our knees tonight. Lord, as your word says in 2 Chronicles 7.14, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and heal their land. Lord, we need healing tonight. Our land needs healing, Lord. Would you do a healing work in our city? Would you restore relationships that are broken? Would you, would you uh, destroy racism and color and all those things that, that divide us, Lord? Lord, I pray that you would unite your people your creation, Lord, would you cause us to, to walk close to you? Would you, would you cause us to, to put you in, in your rightful place that you're God, that, you're, that you sit on the throne and that we would worship you for, from that place of honor? So tonight, Lord, we turn from our sin and we turn to you. And we fall on our knees tonight asking you to meet us and work in spite of us. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.
going to read just a few parts of, short parts of a letter, one from Paul to the Ephesian church, and one from Jesus to the Ephesian church. If you have your phone, or you can read in the dark, and you have your Bible, you can turn to Revelation chapter 2. In Ephesians chapter 1, Paul gives this awesome admonishment to the Ephesian church. He says in verse 15 of chapter 1, Therefore I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, Do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. He says, I heard of your love, and the word he used was agape. The strongest love one can have, you see, because it's born out of sacrifice and an overriding passion. It's a kind of love where nothing else matters. You know, your first Love, nothing else mattered, right? A mother's love for their child, nothing else matters. Kind of love. I'd like to define it this way. Agape love is an ears wide open listening. Eyes wide open seeing. Mind fully discerning and considering. Heart softened for giving. Soul excited for being used. Kind of love. A love that puts you on the edge of your seat. That's agape. And Paul said, Ephesian church, I heard of this love. And oh, how I'm thanking God for you and I'm praying for you. Because you have this kind of love in Revelation chapter 2 we're about 10 to 20 maybe 30 years in the future and here we are with a letter to the church of Ephesus once again and it comes from Jesus it's one of seven in the book of Revelation if you read all seven of them you see that it's a complete picture of Jesus message to the entire church 
throughout all generations. And every Christian can receive everything that they need from the discernment of reading these letters. This is the one to Ephesians. And in chapter 2, verse 1 of Revelation, Jesus says this to the angel or the messenger of the church of Ephesus, write, these things says he who holds the seven stars in his right hand, who walks in the midst of the seven golden lampstands. The seven golden lampstands are the church in entirety. Jesus walks in the midst. He walks in the midst of us even this evening. I know your works, your labor, your patience, and that you cannot bear those who are evil. You can discern good from evil. And you have tested those who say they are apostles and are not, and have found them liars. You have good doctrine. You have good teaching. You know solid teaching when it's there, and you know a lie, a false teaching when it's there. And you have preserved, you have persevered, and have patience, and have labored for my name's sake, and have not become weary. You've done all of these things, church, and you've done them well. But in verse 4, he says, Nevertheless, I have this against you, that you have left your first love. And the word is agape. The first, most important, best thing that you could ever do, that first thing that you set out to do, that was yours, you had it at one time, you left it. That overriding passion for me to love others. You're doing lots of things, but without, without love, without agape. In verse 5, he says, remember from where you have fallen. Another indication that they were there. They were there. Repent and do the first works or else I will come quickly and remove your lampstand from the place, from its place, unless you repent. Another call to repent. A church that's doing everything. You see, church, we can be a church that has ears closed, eyes closed, minds on autopilot, hardened hearts, souls burdened with things of this world. And on the outside, look like we've got it all together. It is possible. And Jesus told this church, return to that first love. And it's the, it's the love that Jesus had. Think about it. Jesus had ears wide open listening for the will of the Father. Jesus had his eyes wide open seeing the will of the Father. Jesus had his mind fully discerning and considering the will of the Father. Jesus had a soft heart forgiving of God's love. Jesus' soul was excited for being used by the Father for his purpose, his best purpose, the cross. Do you have a on-the-edge-of-your-seat kind of love?
It's the kind of love that we can do all of these normal things that the church of Ephesus was doing. But it makes all the difference in the world for the motivation. Remembering how much Jesus loved us and desiring then to turn around and and use that love. I would submit to you that, that there is not a time in my 55 years where there are more distractions to take us away from this kind of love but more tools to look like I am. So if we're there tonight, what I'd like you to do as we're, as we're sitting, and, and we'll stand for the next song, but as we're sitting, just for a few moments, and I'll, and I'll end us in prayer. If you've walked away from that kind of love, if you've closed your ears and closed your eyes and closed your heart and your heart is burdened with the things of the world, and your soul is burdened rather than be excited because the world you see loves needs our kind of love it needs Jesus kind of love and he wants to use us if you need to come back to that place if you're there and you want to stay there if the person next to you needs it. If if you're in a family group and you want to pray for each other, go right ahead. Take the next few minutes and seek God's face and return to agape love. Let's pray. God, we come before you this evening. God, knit our hearts together in unity. God, we've come here tonight because of you. Because you died on the cross for us. And you thought of us. And you didn't think of yourself. God, forgive us for getting in the way of that love. God, your word shows us that we're to turn that love around to a lost and dying world, to our families, to those you bring our way. 
that we'll use that love for the gifts and talents you've given us to do whatever it is you've called each and every one of us to do. Or to be the body of Christ, your body. God, give us ears to hear and eyes to see. God, make our hearts soft. God, keep our minds stayed on you. And God, put within our souls an excitement for what you can do through each of us, through each of us together, through each and every body of Christ that assembles this week and every week, for the body of Christ that will assemble in Washington this week. Bring us back to your agape love, your saving love, your love that was willing to die. God, we thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand together.
If you'd like to follow this event in Washington, D.C., The Return, just type in uh, The Return and the website comes up. And how many times have you heard of believers coming together at Washington, D.C. to repent over sin? So we're we're trusting that God's going to do a a great work and we can join in that work of prayer here in Colorado Springs. Good word from Pastor Sean of return from sin. And as we think of sin in our culture and sin in our lives is there sin that God is convicting us of this evening to repent before him times of refreshing come in repentance there's been those times in my life where there's the weight of sin and the conviction of sin and that wrestling and that fighting and there's repentance then refreshment comes Robert's great call to return to love. I love how he described that first love, to be on the edge of your seat. Are we on the edge of our seat for Jesus? Does he have our ears and our heart and our eyes and our attention? I'd like to share with us this evening a call to return to prayer, to return to a lifestyle of prayer. Paul gives these few commands to the Thessalonian church. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. What does it mean to pray without ceasing, to be called to a lifestyle of prayer? It's an unbroken communion with God. It's to go throughout our day, when we wake up, when we go to bed, as we're traveling through the day in fellowship with God. When we look at the life of Jesus, we see this tremendous love, this tremendous relationship between a father and a son. I believe that Jesus enjoyed spending time with his father. In Mark chapter one, it says that Jesus got up early, long before sunlight, to get to a solitary place to pray. He was looking for every opportunity that he could to get alone and to be with his father. He enjoyed that time with the father so much. This was such a habit for Jesus that the disciples were often looking for Christ, seeking him out in these solitary places to where when they observed the life of Jesus, they said, would you teach us to pray? We want to pray the way that you pray. We, we want the relationship that you have with the Father. 
We want this unbroken communion that you enjoy with the Father. Of all of the things that they were observing in the, the life of Christ, so just said, teach us to preach, teach us to do miracles, all of these amazing things, but they knew what the real secret was, was prayer, that lifestyle of prayer. In the book of Psalms, Psalms 91, we're challenged in this way. It says, he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. And I will save the Lord. He is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I will trust. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High. I believe that the secret place is what Jesus showed us as an example. A son going to fellowship with the Father. Because of the gospel, because of the sacrifice of Christ, we have received the spirit of adoption. Where it's been given to us the right to be called the children of God. Isn't that amazing? To where we're welcomed into this amazing fellowship with the Father. This amazing secret place with the Father. This amazing praying without ceasing. Why is it a secret place? Because a lot of others can't observe that you're in that place of prayer. People don't know how you're starting your morning. They don't know how you're ending your day. They don't know the condition of your heart as you're traveling through the day and driving through the city, but you're enjoying that secret place of God. And as we're living in these challenging times, these, these uncertain times, hopefully it's taking us deeper into a relationship with God, taking us deeper into that place of prayer, deeper into that place of dependency upon Him, deeper into that place of, of adoration. If we are living through these times, I think one of two things are going to happen is we're going to get calloused and we're going to tend to drift or it's going to light us on fire for our relationship with God. As important as this weekend is with this event, the return, as important as tonight is, even more so that we would be called into a lifestyle of prayer that we would be called into a dependency with the Lord. This lifestyle of prayer is really being drawn by a father, a loving father that says, I want to spend time with you. To where we know that we're children of God and we belong in his presence, just as Billy sang tonight, to enter into his loving arms. And oftentimes, if you're like me, a deeper prayer life seems so hard to attain. It seems so lofty. It seems, how do I get a, a lifestyle of, of prayer? But when I focus on the love of the Father, when I focus on the beginning of the day that I have a Father who's just longing for me to get out of bed and to spend time with Him, longing for me to take a walk with Him and spend time with Him, longing for me to end my day with a devotional and my heart going to Him in prayer. There is more for us in our relationship with God than we could possibly imagine. There is more for us in this secret prayer place. There's more for us in this dependency of prayer. In John 14, or excuse me, John 17, we have the purpose of eternal life. What, what's the purpose for eternal life? What are we going to do for all of eternity? And this is eternal life, that they may know you, 
the one true God and Jesus Christ whom you've sent. Jesus says, this is what is eternal life is to know you, the Father, and to know Jesus who is sent. So if that's the purpose of eternal life, that's also the purpose of this life. Gang, if you're wrestling, what is the purpose of this life? It's to know Jesus. It's to know the Father. It's to be able to press deeper into the Father of mercies. We have a Father of mercy, a Father of compassion, not a Father of anger, but one that He is compassionate towards us. I would encourage you and challenge myself to take one action to further a lifestyle of prayer. Is it going for a prayer walk in the morning? Is it possibly getting a journal? Spend seven bucks on Amazon, Walmart, get a journal and start writing down some of those prayers. Is it using our tech devices and using that as a prayer journal so you can go back and look? Is it your commute, your drive time? We have one stoplight going out of our neighborhood and it drives me nuts. It's eternal. I timed it once and it's two minutes and it feels like 20 minutes. It feels like just forever sitting at this light over and over again. But that could be my secret place. That's what I could choose as my point of application to say when I sit at this light, I'm going to enter into the the presence of the Lord. But God is drawing you. There is a purpose to these difficult times and these confusing days as he's drawing us unto himself. Wouldn't it be amazing to look back at this time and go, man, I would never want to go through it again, but I'm so thankful for what God did in my life through it. Jesus says, he that has an ear to hear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. So let's wait upon the Spirit for a moment tonight. Let's wait upon what the Spirit would say to us to to draw us to this secret place. So Father, we thank you that you are calling us into deeper fellowship with you a lifestyle of prayer, unbroken communion with you. You know us better than we know ourselves. You've adopted us as your children, your sons and daughters. We wait upon you. You tell us that the Spirit is speaking. So we want to be listening. So listen to the Holy Spirit this evening and specifically what the Spirit is saying to you individually. To me personally. What's the barrier between us and that secret place? Is it busyness? Is it doubt, unbelief? Would you join me and let's intercede for our country and for our world. And Father, our hearts are broken over what breaks your heart. Our heart is broken that we've rejected you, that we're atheists and we don't believe in God. 
that you, Jesus, have been reduced down to a cuss word, that we've thrown out the Bible, that we don't believe that it's truth, that we've embraced abortion and sexual perversion. We've given ourselves over to drugs and alcohol and pornography. You've seen all of the, the violence and the murder, the divorce, the abuse of children. God, would you forgive us? Lord, would you forgive us as a church, the body of Christ, for accepting and taking on the posture and the attitudes of of this world. And we can't control everyone around us, but we're responsible for our own hearts and our own lives. And Lord, we turn back to you. Would you empty us of our sin? Would you cleanse us and would you forgive us? And would you heal us and would you restore us? Lord, would you restore this land? May Colorado Springs have the testimony that you're here, Emmanuel, that God dwells with us. As beautiful as the mountains are, may we be known for the gospel. May we be known for a move of your grace. Would you strengthen churches in our cities? Jesus, with your power and your might, would you bind the division that's taking place in the body of Christ? May the body of Christ unite. May we not fight, but unite. Lord, we pray over pastors that you would strengthen them, that you would fill them with your spirit. Those pastors that are contemplating leaving their calling, Lord, that you would anchor them to their calling, that you would raise up new pastors, Lord, that you would raise up churches. We pray for the church plants in our city that they would explode. We pray for the lost that they would be found. We pray for the suicidal that they would have hope, God. We pray for those that are strung out on drugs and marijuana is their hope and their lifeline. May the gospel come to them. Jesus, we do pray that our hearts and our lives would be alive to you. You tell us that we're born again and may your spirit just have its way in our hearts and and in our lives. And we express to you, we don't understand fully what this secret place is like. We don't understand what it's fully like to have unbroken communion with you, but Lord, we desire it. We want to go deeper with you, Father. We don't want to just play games. We don't want to just go through the motions of church. We lay Rocky Mountain Calvary in your hands, Lord. May your will be done. May your kingdom come. May you be honored. God, may you lead us forward in what you would have. Change things as as you see fit. Lord, we love you. We thank you that you're our Father. We thank you that you invite us to this place of fellowship, the secret place. Just grow us in dependency. God, we do lift up this event in Washington, D.C., and we pray for lasting fruit. Pray for the speakers that they would point to you, point to your word, point to what you've done. Lord, and out of it would come greater fellowship with you. So, Lord, we love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. We're going to continue in an atmosphere of prayer. I'm going to invite up the ministry team and the pastors. We're going to be available here in the front. We'd love to pray with you and pray for you. If there is a sense of hopelessness in your life, there's needs that are going in your life, as we enter it back into worship, come and receive prayer. There's broken relationships, difficult marriages, bondage to sin. As we've talked about turning from sin, 
If the Holy Spirit's convicting you to receive prayer, come and receive prayer. We're told in the scriptures to confess our sin to one another and pray for one another and we'll be healed. If you find yourself with physical sickness, we're asked in the scriptures, commanded in scriptures to go to the elders of the church and for the elders to anoint us with oil and to pray that the Lord might bring healing. He may choose to bring physical healing. Our job is to ask and then trust it to his will, but let's be open to the continued move of the Spirit and if you need to respond for prayer. We're equipped and we're ready for everyone joining us online to respond to prayer needs for you as well. So if you would let us know what your prayer needs are, we're going to do the same and rally around you and pray with you and, and pray for you. But also, this is a night of prayer and worship, and I want to encourage you to continue in this attitude of prayer. And as we worship, if you feel led to get on your knees before the Lord or go back in the back of the sanctuary and pray, but there may be things that are pressing on your heart as we have gone through these topics this evening and go there with the Lord and intercede and give thanks and go to that secret place. So let's stand together and let's continue in prayer and continue in worship.
Your mercy is calling out 